time for the most action-packed podcast in the pro wrestling world. It's time for the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. We bring you the latest and greatest in professional wrestling from the WWE and AEW to the excitement of the independent scene. You get it all here in one place. The Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Rob T and K-Bay Chris. Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? It's the week of Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Yep, that's right. And we're in the Christmas spirit here at the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's a lot of peas in there. Um, I am one of your hosts, Rob T. And of course, as always, my partner in crime, the Santa's most favorite elf if you will, and Mrs. Claus's most naughty elf. <laughs> he is my partner, like I said. Give it to me one time. Man, I am the jabroni-beaten, pie-eating, trail-blazing, eyebrow-raising, it's almost time, Santa is near, K-Fabe is dead, but I'm still here. I am <laughs> K-Fabe. Yes. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. How long you work on that one? <laughs> uh, all day, actually. <laughs> 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 I like it. I like it. How's it going, my brother? It's good. How are you doing? I'm great, man. How was your weekend? Ugh, busy. Yeah, I yeah. Get to make it out to you, man. I know you missed one hell of a party. Did I? <laughs> yes, you did. It was. Did Mickey get naked? Yeah, he came pretty damn close. <laughs> did, he show, did he show you his candy cane? <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> no, it was great though. Uh, a lot of people showed up. Um, the craziest thing about it was. Uh, most of the time, of course, after eating, really, uh, we spent outside on the back porch, man. We had a fire going, had the music going, and we were all just hanging out, man. It was it was an awesome time. It was so much fun. Um, my parents even made an appearance, which was interesting. Nice. Your yeah. sister make it out? My sister made it out. She was there. She brought my nephews. My nephews and Miggy's uh, son were upstairs playing video games. And so all in all, man, it was great. I made 20 pounds of menudo. Damn. And almost all of it was done by the end of the night, which was crazy. Uh, <laughs> it definitely made up for last year because I, I actually had a Facebook memory pop up. I think it was yesterday, if not today. And I had put a post because I was bummed out because apparently last year at this time, not a lot of people showed up to my menudo party. Mm. And so I had a lot of menudo uh, left over. So this year made up for it. So it was cool. Good. But uh, anyway, so yeah, it was a good weekend. Uh, the next day went to San Antonio. My um, friend and guitar player from the band Reborn, Marco, his wife's birthday, they celebrated it on Sunday and had this for the very first time in my life, Chris, because see, uh, Marco's wife is from Spain. Okay. And her parents also live in San Antonio. They had made or her dad made paella. Hmm. I've never had that before. Um, it's basically just rice mixed with, uh, they mixed it with chicken and they had not shrimp, even though it's what it is, but the prawns, like the big ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had it mixed with that. It was chicken, shrimp, uh, mussels, and it was really good, really wow. good. And they had some assorted like cheeses and like almost, almost like a charcuterie board. Oh yeah. Right. But this was like cheeses and, and, and smoked meats from Spain. 
Wow. So it was it was good stuff, man. It was really good stuff. So I had a good weekend, man. It was it was actually fun. Too short though. Definitely too short. Yep. And it's uh it's coming close to the weekend of Christmas. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And are you off any of uh, the, I mean, because Christmas lands on the weekend, but are you off any of the days? Yeah, I'm, uh, my last day of work is Thursday, and then I'm off Friday, and then the Monday also. So well, at least you get so Friday I have a four off. Day weekend. I mean, I'll have a three day. Mm, well, my well. son's like, he does overnight stock in HB and Lockhart, and he's working Friday night, Saturday night into Sunday, and then Sunday night into Monday. <laughs> Wow, so he's not getting any days off. Mm -mm. So we're trying to rearrange all our traditional like get-togethers right. and the times that he's going to be there. So wow. I've got I've got stuff with him on Friday, Saturday morning we got a rehearsal with the kids for our Christmas play at church and I got mm. church in the evening. Right. So So you're going to be busy. I'm going to be busy. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So. Well, um being that it's the Christmas season, let everybody know what we're going to talk about today since you came up with the name. <laughs> mm, we're going to talk about some controversial stuff. I don't know how that kind of plays with the Christmas spirit, but <laughs> it is our controversial Christmas episode. Yes, yes. So, now, I do want to preface it with saying that some of the topics that I chose to discuss may, I won't say they offend anybody because anybody who's a fan of wrestling already knows about these. So right. they, they shouldn't really be offended per se, but it is going to be a little more intense than what we usually discuss, even though we do tend to go off the rails from time to time. Yeah. And if you are offended, um, all I can say is get the hell over it. All right, yeah. let's go. <laughs> yeah, stop crying, Elijah. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Squeeze your snake and be okay. Oh, uh, so let's get into it, man. First of all, I'm going to put you on the spot. And because you're so quick on the draw, what is the definition of controversy? Rob T. <laughs> <laughs> no no seriously what is the definition of controversy i would say the definition of controversy being something that entices in a negative manner okay 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 and that could cause cap consequences that could be drastically affect someone something or a business i think okay I think. all right i'm not That's fucking webster's dictionary <laughs> That's not that's not a bad little little uh but since you said that let's see what the dic dictionary says why don't we um we'll look it up right now cuz I kind of want to preface this discussion just not that y'all don't know what controversy means but I just think it's an interesting way to talk talk about it cuz I think controversy is one of those things where it could be it, I think it could be bad and I'm not saying that it could be good, but I think there are some things that are inherently good that can be controversial. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, so basically, according to the dictionary, the Oxford Languages Dictionary, controversy is a noun. Comes from the Greek. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Sesame Street? <laughs> today's, um, today's show is brought to you by letter C. <laughs> so the definition is disagreement typically when prolonged, public, and heated. Mm. Now that's a good definition right there. Because with that definition, it definitely fits better because it's not giving it a negative or positive connotation. It's just saying it's a disagreement. So I think that's a good way to start this whole thing out. Now I know you have a little list of some controversial uh, subject matter in the world of professional wrestling. Um, I have a couple of ideas too, 
But um, let's go ahead and start with one of yours. So let's 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 talk. Let's talk about it. Okay. One of my first ones is kind of a two-parter. Okay. All right. And it goes back to May twenty-third. Yeah, scissor me, Daddy. <laughs> May twenty-third, nineteen ninety-nine. Do you know that date? Why does that sound really familiar? You got me, man. It sounds familiar, though. Was it? Wait a minute. No. Was that when WCW went out of business? No. Oh, okay. You got me then. What is it? All right. That was the WWF Over the Edge pay-per-view. Where the death of Owen Hart. Yes. 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 Okay. So for those of y'all who don't know, and I hope y'all do because you're fans just like us, May 23rd, 1999, WWF hosted the Over the Edge pay-per-view in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. In this, it was booked that Owen Hart, who was going under the Blue Blazer gimmick at the time, was to face the Godfather for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, the Blue Blazer, as he was portraying, was more of a like a cartoony, buffoonish superhero gimmick. So it was like, you know, tell me, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stumbling around, you know, getting caught in his cape kind of character. So, like I said, he was scheduled to face the Godfather that night. Now, there was a spot in his introduction, his entrance, that he was supposed to do where he was supposed to scale from the rafters, similar to what Sting did in WCW. Um, and then when he got close to the ring, he would kind of like get entangled and fall flat on his face. That was the original spot. What happened, unfortunately, is that the harness broke and Owen Hart fell 78 feet, landing chest first onto the top rope. Uh, about a foot away from the turnbuckle and bouncing into the ring. So uh, he was transported to Truman Medical Center in Kansas City, where he was pronounced dead at the age of 34. So my controversial spot on this is, one, we know that Vince McMahon went ahead with the pay-per-view. He continued on with the pay-per-view at that point. Two, they did a tribute show the night after, which they did give, you know, their superstars leniency of whether they want to perform or not. And they held like a tribute show on that Raw. But third, this caused a lot of friction between WWE and his widow, Martha Hart, who sued them for a sum of $18 million, which she won. But now it there's a lot of restriction as far as WWE allowing them to use the likeness, the name of Owen Hart and you know, uh, allowing him most importantly to be inducted into WWE Hall of Fame. So that's where we stand with that controversial topic. So let's start with the first part of that controversy um, on should Vince McMahon had gone on with the show. That one's a little a a tough line to walk, and and I want to get your input on this. So let's take Eddie Guerrero's death, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the most common things that they said after Eddie had passed. So this is, of course, after some time had passed and they had interviews and things like that. Almost everybody said the same thing, that Eddie would have wanted the show to go on, right? And I respect that. And uh, and with, when it comes to Eddie, I actually agree. But the difference here is that Eddie died in a hotel room. Eddie did not die at the event. You know what I mean? So I honestly think, and and not just the fact that Owen died at the event, but the fact that he died in the ring, I think it's just bad form because 
Bruiser Brody died at, at an event, mm -hmm. but it happened in the dressing room. Well, right. he didn't die at the event. He got stabbed at the event, which led to his death, but still just same difference. Um, but it was in the dressing room out of the view of the public. Everybody saw Owen Hart fall to his death. You know, now granted, they may not have snapped right away, you know, but can you imagine sitting through that whole show? You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I have to say for myself, I think I think it's a bit disrespectful. Because the man died in the ring and it's almost like even though well, we don't know, at least from what I remember, I don't think there was any blood or anything on the ring. But just think about it. Had it been bloody, you might as well have just cleaned off the blood from the canvas and then said, OK, let's keep going. That's just, well, according to um, some of the stories from some of the, the performers that night who performed in that pay-per-view, there was actually blood on the canvas, oh, and wow. there was a dip in the mat. Oh, my God. Where he fell. And they were talking about how, like, they can, you know, you hit the corner, you can feel the dip in the in the ring. So The impression that his body made, mm -hmm. basically. I mean, because they had it. I mean, granted, he hit the top rope and bounced in, but still, the impact of it all, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you stand with it? It's, man, from a business standpoint, and I hate to say it that way, because I know it's a negative connotation, but the fact that you already have an attendance, it wasn't like it was an opening match or anything like that. It was the pay per view was already going. You're probably like two or three matches in at this point. Right. And so you can't just kill the, the, the pay per view and send everybody home, you know? Um, because if you recall, those watching on pay per view, that weren't there, they got information from Jim Ross live on the air that indicated that, you know, this was not a storyline. Tragic accident happened. Owen Hart passed away tonight. Right. Whereas those in 10 attendance were not aware of it till after the fact, after the pay-per-view was over. So right, right. you, you kind of have to look at it both ways. I mean, yeah, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. Right. But I, I still say that the, Okay, I get I get I get your standpoint on business, right? I understand that. But and then this is the part that's difficult because I don't think at this time that WWE had gone public yet. No. Right? Okay. So at this time, it's not technically, and I say this technically because WWE was still a juggernaut, right? But at this time, they were not the publicly traded corporate company. It was still owned by Vince McMahon. So in a sense, it was like a, a circus that comes to town. Okay. Yeah. The right thing, there's the business thing to do, which I completely get, right? But then there's the right thing to do. In my opinion, what they should have done that night is after that happened, they should have had somebody go in the ring. They should have said, we're very sorry, but tonight in this horrible accident, you know, Owen Hart tragically passed. And because of this reason, we cannot continue the show where we will refund you your tickets. I get it. They're going to lose money. But, dude, it's the right thing to do. Think about it this way. There have been uh, Metallica's concert when they were on tour with Guns N' Roses, right? Horrible accident happened. James Hetfield got burned. Yeah. Technically, they could have kept going. They've got guitar techs and whatnot that could have played Hetfield's part. In fact, his guitar tech did play his part once he got back and started singing the stage and he couldn't use his arm, right? Mm -hmm. But they didn't. They stopped the show. They stopped their performance because of what happened. You know, it was the right thing to do. 
in, in my opinion. So I get where you're coming from. I get the whole business thing of it, but I still say that would have been the right thing to do. It would have been uh, the moral thing to do, you know, in right. my opinion. And they, you're right. They could have done a, a number of ways. For one, they could have, like you said, did the announcement, um, refund the money that way. They could have perhaps um, put booked the rest of the card for the following Monday Night Raw. Right. You know, uh, giving them the opportunity to those who, I mean, I'm assuming it was a sold-out show. And from my understanding, I looked in just now, uh, the pay-per-view was in Kansas City and the Raw after was in St. Louis, Missouri. So right. I'm not sure what the distance is between there, but they could have worked something out. Right, right. Or they could have cut the feed on the pay-per-view with a disclaimer and continue with the show with just the audience in, in that's live, you know? Right. But right, they're right. not really making business off of the pay-per-view. And they could have refunded those who did get the pay-per-view, you know? Right. And, and like I said, in the end, they would have lost money, but it's the right thing to do. So anyway, that's my take on it. And on the second thing that you mentioned, and I'm really interested to hear your take on this one, um, the fact that Owen Hart is not in the WWE Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. I think that's a controversial subject, too, because on one hand, I think you can kind of see uh, where his wife standpoint is i would be mad at the wwe as well right um i get it you know but then if you look at it on the on the flip side of things owen hart does have a legacy granted she doesn't want to have anything to do with wrestling which i understand but he has a legacy and it involves wrestling and some would say that it's only fair to his fans that they honor his legacy by having him inducted into the wwe hall of fame where he spent most of his career you know what i mean so that's controversial in itself because there's a lot of different dif differing opinions on the subject personally and and i don't have a dog in the fight of course right because i'm not family with owen hart but i'm just being honest i think a lot of time has passed to mourn now granted there's no timeline on mourning i get that dude my grandmother passed away when she when she was uh it was in 1996 then my grandma passed away dude i still mourn you know what i mean yeah. that was a long time ago right so there's no there's definitely no time limit on mourning however i do think that there is a time health and i'm talking health wise mentally healthy to be able to get over certain things like learn to live with certain things right like the death of a loved one if it's been a really really long time like for example my grandmother i have learned to move on with it and accept it and remember her and i think that owen hart's wife is being really selfish and is just letting her unforgiveness overshadow the bigger picture which is owen hart's legacy my opinion of course right um no i think to to correct you a little bit where you said that you know she doesn't have anything to do with wrestling even though that was legacy we look back at this past year with the owen hart thing in aw right right yeah i, so, I was aware of that but i was talking about more um, before but yeah wwe wise i think she's got a bitter taste one because of the the way he died i mean right. obviously it was just that there was been investigation as far as the harness and the equipment that was used and everything like that. Right, right. Even though it was said that Vince Mann had done the stunt before to make sure that it was safe and everything, uh, it could have been a tragic accident. We don't know. I mean, it goes back to us being Christians thinking that God has a plan for everybody. Right. You know, um, 
as far as his induction WWE Hall of Fame, yeah, he does deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. Regardless of, of his career, you know, he was more of a mid-card talent, even though he did have a couple of main event spots with his brother, uh, Brett. Right. But for the most part, he was a mid-carder. He did have a couple of the mid-card titles going for him. So he definitely deserves, I mean, he's, he was an influence not only on his generation, but even the generation now. Look at old Kevin Owens. Yep. His son is named Owen after Kevin Owens. His ring name is taken from Owen Hart. Right. You know, WWE did make an attempt to uh, put out a DVD documentary, if you recall, uh, Heart and Soul, the Owen Hart story. Yeah. And they were sued for an undisclosed amount by Martha Hart for the likeness, the usage of his name, as well as some personal photos from the Hart family. Right. So she's got a very bitter taste. And you're right. There is no limitation on, on mourning and... But I think, you know, his son Oge should probably have a have a say in it, you know. So Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree he should be in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. even Mark Henry said it in his induction speech. He did, too. he did, he did. So. so all right. Good one. Good good way to start it off. Good way to start it off. Um all right. let me bring one to the table now. Okay. And uh, you know, we'll see uh your thoughts on it. So the one I want to bring to the table, and it's another Hall of Fame discussion, and that is China. China is technically in the Hall of Fame. However, she is in the Hall of Fame, as you know, with Degeneration X. Mm -hmm. Very well deserved. But I believe China deserves her own place in the WWE Hall of Fame because she is the trailblazer. She is the one that really got the ball rolling for this woman's movement or women's movement uh, to be seen as, as more than just eye candy. I mean, she was the total package. She was eye candy, but she was also athletic and dominant in the ring. Only female I can think of before Monday that got in the ring with guys. Yeah. Am I right? Uh, I believe, Before uh, Monday, Beth, Beth Phoenix. Has. Okay, okay. But so she was the only one who's ever won a men's title. Yes, exactly. So she's the the trailblazer for that. You know, we wouldn't have what happened on Monday had it not been for China. You know, and for those that don't know, Rhea Ripley had a match with Akira Tozawa, a, a mixed gender match. Right. We owe all of that to China, and to not give her a spot in the wwe hall of fame just because she made a few adult movies or whatever to me is is ludicrous it really is because quite honestly i don't really believe in my heart of hearts especially now that china is past that anyone in the wrestling fandom if you will um really remembers her for that they remember her for the contra well i'm sure they remember her for some of that but uh they remember for the contribution that she's played in this wonderful sport that we love because it was a significant contribution. You know what I mean? So the controversy here is the fact that she's not in the WWE Hall of Fame when I really believe that she deserves to be there. Your thoughts? I'm totally in agreement with you. I mean, you're right. She was a trailblazer. She set the, the road um, for even divas at the divas and women at the time, like Trish Stratus, Lita, you know, um, 
I think Lita was actually in a, in like in a mixed gender match, so, but she's still getting in the ring with a couple of the Deadly Boys, I think, or right, right. Christian. Um, and then she got in bed with Edge. So, <laughs> Lucky but, bastard. I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, she yeah she did do a couple of um, adult film movies. Granted, X Pac did one night in China with her. Right, but know? yet he doesn't get looked down upon exactly you know what i mean it's a double standard that's a whole other story though um but yeah i think a lot of it goes also to the fact that apparently when stephanie came in the mix with i was triple i was gonna say i already knew what you were gonna <laughs> yeah, say she came in the mix you know stole triple h from china i think with stephanie still being there not to say she would be this vindictive but i think that that may play a part to be completely honest with you right right and that's the thing. And, and if that is the, the case, and it's ridiculous, man, especially now that the woman is no longer with us. Yeah. I mean, good God, give her her just desserts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, she made a significant impact. She really did. Her impact is still felt to this day. You know, yeah. go and talk to go and talk to a Rhea Ripley. Go and talk to a Beth Phoenix. Talk about who inspired them. Yeah. China's name comes up. You know what I mean? It's like with, with Shawn Michaels. We wouldn't have a Shawn Michaels if it wasn't for Ric Flair. You know what I'm saying? So some of the talent that we're seeing right now that can have, that have the potential to be future Hall of Famers, we owe that to the, the blood, sweat, and tears of China. You know? Yes, of course she made terrible decisions. What wrestler didn't back then? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they all freaking did. You know, but yeah, you're going to punish her. I mean, let's be honest. Stone Cold Steve Austin, failed marriages, freaking a drunk. You know what I mean? He admittedly himself talked about the problems he had and everything. Yet he's a celebrated Hall of Famer. Why? Because the we allegations when he was exactly, exactly. Yet we don't judge him for what he did outside the ring. Oh, because it was outside the ring. China made a couple of porno movies. All of a sudden, we're going to look at that. It's ridiculous. It's it's really stupid. It really is, you know. So yeah, but that's my thought on that one. All right, go for it. Hit, hit us with another one. All right. Um. Now this is more like a a, a small little storyline segment, but I, we've mentioned it, we've referenced it, we've made jokes about it. In the past. I think I already know what you're gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talking about Triple H, Katie Vick, and the Katie Vick story. Okay? <laughs> All right. So to give y'all a little background for those y'all do not remember, you know. Y'all might have been drunk like I was at that time. (laughs) Uh, But this happened in October 2002. Okay, and it was basically Triple H confronting Kane, asking him if he was familiar with the name Katie Vick. And Kane would reveal that Katie Vick was a school friend of his that had died. So according to Kayfabe, the story goes was that Kane offered to drive her home because she had had too much to drink that night. However, he was driving a vehicle that was a uh, manual vehicle for the all young kids that's a, a standard shift stick um vehicle and he crashed the car after an animal jumped in front of him so vicky was killed on impact um or katie vick was killed on impact uh and triple h said you know what this thing there's a little more to that story and he implied that kane had also been drunk and accused kane of having sex with a dead woman <laughs> okay now while that just didn't be a simple you know storyline probably just, <laughs> it's still way, warm yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was taunton. Bad. It's like a tauntaun. 
Oh my uh, God. What makes this controversial is that on the October 22nd episode of that year, Triple H wearing a cane mask was shown trying to seduce a mannequin that was presumably to resemble Katie Vick lying in a casket, basically reenacting this necrophilia accusation that he has towards Kane. So granted it was short lived. It was literally killed the next week. Um, but apparently it's reported that that's the lowest price ever for WWE stock at $7 and 10 cents occurred in October, 2002, which kind of coincides with this storyline. So, so obviously that's where America draws a line. <laughs> apparently necrophilia is, is just off the table. You can't, right. do, it. You mm-hmm. can't do it at all. You know? Um, yeah. So I, I agree. Cause I remember watching it at the time. Oh, it was uncomfortable to watch. It was uncomfortable to watch. And you were I, drunk. I was drunk too, <laughs> you know? So, like, I'm crawling into my bed like a fucking casket. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was very uncomfortable to watch. Uh, we all have heard stories about how Vince Man has had got his jollies off of suggestive stories, including one rumor that he wanted to have Stephanie pregnant and the baby was his kind of thing. Right. I remember that. So... But yeah, this definitely crossed the line. And the fact that they mimicked it in a reenactment of sorts. Yeah, that was that that I think trip uh, USA was pissed at the time, too. So, yeah, what do you think do you think oh, it was entertaining? No, it was so uncomfortable. Um, yeah, man, it was that was that was literally cr- that was like so cringeworthy. I remember watching that and, and not wanting to look like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah, it was it was bad. That was definitely in bad taste. Um, that and the whole God wrestling thing that was just yeah. terrible. But apparently, if you commit necrophilia, you can still become mayor of Knox County. So uh, apparently, 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 that, like that's, I said, that's, uh, America draws the line at at necrophilia. Apparently, yeah, apparently, but, not Nashville. But, yeah, <laughs> but they're okay with Jeffrey Epstein in his island. But that's a whole other story. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, okay. So we won't. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna say we're not gonna reference it again because it's still a funny segment. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that topic ever again. Yeah, that's all. Uh, we're that's gonna just... put that box with the CM Punk monster. <laughs> <match. laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. That yeah, was really yeah. bad. All right. Um, go for it. Another yeah. one I can think of that uh, it, it's it's controversial more so because of. I think it's it's controversial that it happened, but I think what's more controversial is is why it happened and and the feelings after the fact, and that's the Montreal screw job. We we did a episode where we talked about it and, and whatnot. Right. Um, everybody knows his story at this point. It is wrestling legend, if you will. Um, you know, the only difference is, is this is this was real life really playing out in front of our eyes and. For those of y'all that don't know, which I don't know who wouldn't know this, it's not a wrestling fan, but as we know, Bret Hart got screwed out of the title back in uh, November 9th of 1997 in, uh, what was it, a Survivor Series match in Montreal, uh, Canada, or Quebec, Canada, right? Um, He didn't want to give up the title to Sean, who was supposed to win. He was going to be out of the company. At that point, after that day, he had said he was going to come out on Raw the next day when he was no longer under contract and he was going to turn the belt over. And you know what? He might have 
been right about that. He probably was going to do it. But bottom line is Vince McMahon couldn't take the chance, especially after the fact that Alundra Blaze had been on Nitro and dumped the WWE Women's title in the trash. He was just not going to take that risk. So the controversy in this situation is, was this the right move for WWE to do in the fact that they screwed a wrestler you know, out of a, out of the title or whatever. Um, was it the right move? There's some that there's, there's, I think there's a majority that say, yes, it was the right move. But then there are a few that say that it wasn't the right move, you know? Um, and I don't know about you, but me personally, I think it was the right move. I mean, if it, it, it when you look at the grand scheme of things, this is Vince McMahon's company and there's a certain way that they do things. And if your talent doesn't want to honor that, then you do what you can to honor your business. And I think the call that he made was the correct call, you know? And as controversial as it is, let's be honest, the outcome or the after effects of the Montreal Screwjob led us into one of, if not the best eras of WWE that we've ever had, which was the Attitude Era. So that's a controversy in that one. Uh, should it Should it have gone that far? Did it? Did the Montreal screw job ruin Bret Hart's life? There are some arguments that can be made that yes, it did. Um, there's so many freaking aspects and nuances to this entire story. Um, in fact, Chris, it was reminding me of. Uh, it, it, it's funny how this went to a movie, but for us Hispanics, there's there's a movie that we all know and love, which is called Down by Honor, Blood and Blood Out. Right, the end of that movie. Paco realizes that one decision he made changed the the outcome of every one of their lives from that one decision. And it looks like that's what this, you know, that's what happened here. That one decision in Montreal that particular day caused so much in a lot of lives, you know. So what do you think? Was it the right call? Uh, well... You want to compare it to Blood and Blood Out, so I guess that makes Vincent Man Paco. Yeah, yeah, pretty that much. Makes, uh, Bret Hart Miklos and uh, mm -hmm. um, Shawn Michaels. Um, what's his face? Cruz. It's like Crucito. Yeah. Yeah, so again, it goes back to a business standpoint. It was his company. They weren't public at this time, so he had to do what he needed to. He had already lost a lot with uh, Kevin Nash and uh, Scott Hall. He, earlier on, he had lost Lex Luger, Macho mm -hmm. Man, Randy Savage, basically the ones who built his company. Right now, have been built up his his uh his competition, and now one of his other biggest stars is about to go over there and give him give him some boost also. But I I agree it was the right thing for business, and it definitely put eyes on the product, you know, uh, from a fan's perspective. Um, we talk about old school heat. We talk about real heat, personal heat. That right there is the definition of real heat, you know, personal heat going on. For sure. Uh, and yeah, I, a lot of things happened down the road. I mean, granted, Bret Hart did not have the career he had uh, in WCW. And he even said, if we go back to our original, our first topic of this podcast, we talked about the whole one heart death. He even said that had he been there, he probably could have prevented Owen Hart from going in there and mm -hmm. doing that spot. 
Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things that probably would just spiral down because of because of that one particular you know decision. On it's really part. crazy when you think about it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we might not have had the Attitude Era had that had that not happened, right? Yeah. Uh, Owen Hart might still be with us. Um, just there's so many different things. We might not have a Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. You know, there's just so many different things that could have played out. We might not have a WWE. Yeah. Because WCW was kicking WWE's ass at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could have played out so differently. But this one event, as controversial as it was, this one event happening really changed the course of history. It, it's it's insane to think about it that way, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, all right. Go for it, man. Next one. All right. Um, one I have on here kind of goes like a... A question overall for for promoters and performers in general but i'm going to reference the tna victory road 2011 sting versus jeff hardy Ooh, okay Ooh. yeah so for those of you that aren't aware uh sting was defending his tna world championship against jeff hardy a returning jeff hardy at tna victory road in 2011 now you can go on youtube and watch the entire match from the entrance to the finish um, it's not a long video. <laughs> it's not a long video. Jeff Hardy was pretty much drugged out of his mind. Okay. To give you kind of an idea of what happened when his music played, it was about 45 seconds before he even made it through the curtain. Mm-hmm. And when he did, he was kind of stumbling to the ring. Right. You know, and he had all his full makeup galore on, but you could still see the glaze over his face and his eyes. Right. That's how intense it was. So before the match uh, began, you know, Sting's in the ring, Jeff Hardy's in the ring. Eric Bischoff comes out and does an impromptu promo to the crowd talking about making a notice qualification match and kind of goes over to Jeff and whispers to him, goes over to Sting, talks to him. You know, Sting's pissed at this point. The match itself was about a minute and a half. It was literally just a tie-up. I watched it today. It's Mm -hmm. just a tie-up, a kick to the midsection by Sting, and a scorpion death drop for the win. And when you look at the pin... Jeff Hardy was trying to kick out of it, and Sting was literally pinning him down, and that was the match. Okay, mm-hmm. so my question to you is, one, uh, not just on this match, but do you think it's smart on a promoter's part to allow someone who they obviously know is in no condition to get in the ring and knows that they could be jeopardize the safety of not only themselves, but their opponent as well? Do you think they can make the smart decision to say, no, we've, we've, this match is advertised. Let's go forward with it. Cause it goes back to a lot of stuff we've been talking about, about continue on with shows despite certain situations, you know, yeah. at the same time on Jeff's part and just on anybody who's ever gone to the ring with inebriation or, you know, some cloudiness in their mind, should they go along with the match? Like, you know, what do you think? So I think in, 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 in just in that, spe- well, no, not just that specific thing. I think if this were to happen even now, um, no, you don't, because at the end of the day, two, there are two, there are two or more, right? Depending on the performers and if it's a tag match or whatever, but the performers out there are putting each other's lives in each other's hands. That's the main thing here. Okay. And if there is someone who is irresponsible enough to show up and not be ready to perform because they're inebriated, then at that case, I think they need to be cut from whatever match it is. 
And the thing that the that the organizations have to fall back on is that every single wrestling match, from at least from what I've seen, right, that has advertised certain things or whatever, there's always a little disclaimer at the bottom of it that says what? Card sub no card subject to change. Card subject to change, yeah. Yeah. So you can always fall back on that. Now we're talking about a pay-per-view, right? It would have been easy, easy to take care of this. You would have yelled your yelled at Jeff, let him know that he's too fucked up to go out in the ring. And whether he likes it or not, if he wants to keep his job, he's going to need to go along with what they decide. And then do a spot where he's walking to the ring and he gets attacked or something. Or he does the heel move because he was a heel at the time, I believe. Yeah. He does a heel move and fakes an injury or something. And, oh, I can't come out uh, because I'm hurt or whatever, you know, uh, or something like that. Or have someone talk for him if he's too damn inebriated to talk. Oh, Jeff's hurt. So in his place, we're going to have to take so-and-so out there. Yes, the crowd's going to boo, but that's wrestling. Yeah, It would have, it could have extended the storyline. They could have still gotten some, some use out of it, you know, at least to get to the next point when Jeff is not inebriated, finish it out, and then kick his ass out of the company. But, yeah. In that moment, thankfully, they had a professional like Sting who was able to do what he did. Right. But no, that was that was definitely a dangerous, dangerous call to make. Um, they shouldn't have done that, in my opinion. Um, and it really made the company look bad. If you think about it, they really did. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised yeah. the company's still afloat. I mean, granted, they're relabeled as Impact now, but it's right. still TNA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, even Sting, when he was on his way out, they were like, this is bullshit. He goes, yeah, I agree, as he's yeah. walking up the ramp. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's it's that, that's that's what I feel. There, 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 was, there was tons of ways they could have gotten away from what they did. There really was. Yeah, uh, they no one should ever have to be put in a situation where their safety is at risk. Yep, exactly. Bottom line, you exactly. know. Exactly. And as a promoter or as a booker or owner of the company, whatever you want to call yourself, you have a responsibility to your talent to protect them. You may not be in the ring with them. You may not be doing the moves with them or putting their their bodies on the line with you, but you have a responsibility to protect your talent. And that includes putting them in situations where they could potentially get hurt. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk some more. This is a good conversation. I'm having fun with this, man. This is really good. Uh, so let's take a break. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors with some more controversial Christmas moments. And it's only Christmas because Christmas is right around the corner. But yeah. basically, more controversial moments. So we'll, we'll be I right. like to think that it's, it's as controversial as that time that Grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty controversial. <laughs> it really was. But anyway, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Going on 10 years in the community, Metroflex Gym has been the place for back-to-basics, no-fluff training. At Metroflex, you'll have the resources available to you to reach your fitness goals, whatever they may be. Owner Daniel Haggerty is available and ready to help guide you in the proper direction to get the best results for your health. Want to lose weight, increase stamina, or gain mass? Daniel Haggerty is a licensed trainer with over 25 years experience in nutrition and training and knows how to get the most out of your workouts. Come by today for a visit at 2101 Clovis Barker Road, San Marcos, Texas, or call to make an appointment for a tour at 512-878-8575. Homegrown in the community and veteran-owned, Metroflex Gym is the hardcore training place for a hardcore workout. Call today.
fellas, I know how it is. Your hair and beard are looking rough and you need to get it taken care of right away. The problem is, where do you go? Well, say no more, because I have the perfect place just for you. At Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, you'll get that fresh cut and trim by well-trained professionals who know just how to get what you want, a man's cut and a man's trim. Dallas, Jawan, and Derek will hook you up with your tailored-to-you cut along with a straight razor shave and a relaxing hot towel treatment. These fellas will give you that old-school treatment where you sit back and relax and unwind while you get back to looking like a gentleman should. When you walk in the door, talk to old Dal and let him know that Rob T. and Kayfabe Chris sent you and he'll offer you a complimentary cold one or a shot of whiskey. Stop by 322 West Hopkins Street in San Marcos, Texas, or go online and make your appointment today at HanleysBarbershop.com. Hanley's Good Time and Barbershop, where good times and good vibes make for a great look. Actually do. Mm. <laughs> I actually do. Somebody to get some of that menu though. When you do, can you bring some vice grips? I need some. Like I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, last time you got mad because I twisted too hard. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you want to try it again, but okay. Pain tolerance, whatever. Again, I guess no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Actually, in all seriousness, um, you know, for those of y'all that don't know. We are going to be getting a freeze here in the next uh, couple yes. days. And my hose in the front yard, I cannot, I can't, yeah, I can't unscrew it from the freaking thing so I can cover it up and, and protect it. So I was like, I'm going to need to get a pair of ice cream because at least that I can lock in place and then just start twisting the frick out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to get actually, off actually have one, your I, knob. I, bought, <laughs> I actually think I have one because I, uh, when I re, uh, put in my new water heater, I needed one, so I bought one. So I should have a, a set of pliers or something that that can adjust for it. So, oh well, yeah, because I tried I tried some that I had today. I had some old pliers, and it would slip. It wouldn't grab it, like you know. And I and I just kind of think like the vice grips, because you know how the vice grips still hold in place. Yeah, that's kind of why I was you thinking that. Put some lube on it. <laughs> well, the lube would have made it more slippery. I needed to grip. Well, you got to put the lube on and kind of like massage it in. That is that what it is? Yeah, you got to really work it to, to where it gets a little loose. Maybe I should reach out to Elijah. He might know a little bit better about lubing it up and holding on to it. The snake. And holding it onto it firmly, I guess. <laughs> Dude, he's going to fire us, bro. Y'all keep talking shit about me. What the hell? Oh, excuse like, that noise. I, I could have muted that. I'm sorry. Of, I know. He got a <laughs> mocos over here. Mocoso. Ace. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to talk about Eliza and, and his lube. Sorry. <laughs> He's just such a fun topic of conversation. We can't he help is, but, he is. but uh, we'll make fun of him. He is. Yeah. That's and, if he, and, it, and if he does use lube, it's mostly in his hair. Oh, shit. Oh, did I say damn. that? Wow. Let's go on. Let's go wow. on. Wow. <laughs> Wow. I, I love you, Elijah. I really do. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. 
<laughs> he went there. <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Let's move on. <laughs> let's just let's just walk away like that never happened. Yeah, let's just. I'm gonna we're gonna fix that and edit now. <laughs> anyway, Ruben is here. <laughs> Ooh, anyway, oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's go to uh, one of our next topics I have on here. Um, yes, let's do that. It's not lube. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not that. Um, you think the right. stuff in his hair is that stuff that came out when they got the hand out of May Young? You know, all that stuff. Ugh. Never mind. Let's, let's wow. move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Ugh, that's some Danny Orion shit right there. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it what is. What a culture shock. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Moving um, on. I would like to talk about the mass transit incident. Ooh, good yeah, one. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Although I I'm 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 intrigued to hear what you think the controversy is in that incident. Okay, okay. Well, for those of y'all that uh aren't aware, uh, I know we preface that with every fucking topic. Um, <laughs> but at ECW House Show on November 23rd, 1996, it was originally supposed to be a match between Axel Rotten and Devon Dudley versus the gangsters of New Jack and Mustafa Saeed. Now, uh, Axel couldn't make it because he had a family emergency. So, as a replacement, there was an aspiring professional wrestler who used the ring name of Mass Transit, who subbed in for Axel in this match. And according to Mass Transit, he had claimed that he was trained by Killer Kowalski, who we know also trained Triple H. Right. And he was 21 years old. Well, it was later revealed that he was, in fact, only 17 years old and had never wrestled before. Right. Now, the guy was a big guy. He was a pretty big guy. So he looked like he could have pulled off being 21 years old. Um, for those of you who don't know New Jack, New Jack is known for his violent and often unpredictable hardcore style. You know, and of course, this match in itself was no different. Now, New Jack beat Mass Transit with everything from crutches to a toaster to other various objects that uh, he had around the ring. Eventually, blading Mass Transit with a surgical scalpel. Which was agreed upon between the two. Okay. However, um, a new jack cut too deeply, which severed two arteries in Transit's forehead, which caused him to scream in pain and eventually pass out from blood loss. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this particular incident would lead to several things, including temporary cancellation of the inaugural ECW pay per view, barely legal at the time, and uh, legal action against New Jack himself. Of course, that was eventually dropped and the pay per view was reinstated regardless. Now, my question is, we've heard stories about young wrestlers, um, particularly like, you know, we, we, we hear a story about Jeff Hardy. He started wrestling at like 16 years old. Rey Mysterio, 14 years old, you know. Um, even on the indie scene, Houston Hendricks, he's a young kid wrestling at 16 years old. What are the limitations? Because you're going in the ring uh, with a match, and obviously there's young kids that are training right now. But do you think it's a safe environment for someone who's under the age who technically does not have the legal capacity to agree to the kind of violence that is entailed in some of these matches, especially in this kind of match that, that we're talking about right now? Um, obviously, you would think as a parent, you would sign off on stuff like that. But pairing the parents didn't know anything about it, you know. So what's the line that you draw as far as like allowing underage uh, performers to get involved in matches such as this? I think um, if we want to put an age on it, I think 
the fair age might be 16. You know what I mean? But either way, I think when it's when it's 18, when it's below 18, uh, and they and I don't know if they do this or not, they they would have to, I would think, but there's gotta be some kind of parental consent in there somewhere. Now, having said that, though, when you're talking about the mass transit incident, we got to remember he lied about his age, right? So, yeah, exactly. so it's it's one of those things where you you're not comparing apples to apples. But I get what you're what you're asking. So, I think when it comes to performing, again, parental consent, but I think it should be an absolute no with getting color or using weapons or anything like that. That that becomes different, right? Um, I think. Because you can take professional wrestling and compare it to football. If you if you play it to the normal rules of professional wrestling, not the ladder matches and things like that. I think when it's just normal one-on-one -on -one wrestling, it can be comparable to like football or basketball. You get injured in those sports too. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's something, especially with football, it comes with the territory. You know what I mean? So I think in that sense, parental consent, you're good but i don't think they should be allowed to do anything hardcore anything like ladder matches table matches anything like that should be off the table uh until they reach the age of 18. the the the, the age of legal consent i think it, it, and who knows that may be how they do it i don't know that's that's actually an interesting question because i've never even thought about that that's something we could probably ask elijah um you know if that's because he did have houston hendrix at his show yeah did he have to have a parental consent? Did they, did they have to follow those rules? I, I think it's an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, question to ask him one day. Yeah, no, I agree. And do you think that they? I know we 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 enjoy hardcore matches. We enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, it's kind of typical with some certain organizations that you're going to see blood. You're going to see a lot of color and stuff like that. Um, you talk about GCW. I mean, that's a big right. You know, right promoter of that kind of match. But we also know that these stars are independent contractors per se, but we do know that they also have their own outside expectation of their own insurance. Right. So do you think that it's a it's a good choice on their part to be involved in situations? Again, we said regular match comparable to football or basketball where you could potentially get injured. But when you intentionally know you're going in there, you're going to bleed, there's a good potential that you're going to, in this situation, you know, sever an artery or something like that. Um, is it a smart idea to do? Because you're you're basically paying for your own health insurance at this point. You know, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not. But to be fair, you could say the same thing about a regular match. You run the risk of being injured every single time you step foot into that squared circle. You know, right. one wrong move, one wrong miscalculation. And bye bye career. That's a risk that you always fall into. Take a fall the wrong way. I mean, let's look at Draws and D'Lo Brown. They were doing a move that's been done by everybody. One little misstep, Draws is now paralyzed. So it's something that I think should definitely not be taken lightly, right? But we've heard wrestlers from WWE, we've heard wrestlers from a from all the big companies, and we've even heard wrestlers on this show talk about that adrenaline rush of being able to do what they love in front of a crowd. That's always going to be what draws people to this sport, to perform this sport, to, to do this sport. You know what I mean? Is it smart? No. Is it smart for, uh, you know, uh, an overweight 47 year old man to be playing hard rock, in, you know, behind the drums every single night? 
without eating without eating right <laughs> is it smart probably not but why does he do it i do it because i love the adrenaline rush i get from performing music in front of a crowd you know what i mean so i don't think i don't think the i don't think the i don't think the question of whether it's smart or not is fair because okay. you know what i mean because it's like if, if you're going to use logic then the answer of course is no it's not smart you know is it smart for darby allen to perform to perform the way he does every time he gets in the ring of course okay. not of course not but he loves doing it and we love watching it you know what i mean so so yeah i mean that's my take on it yeah no i i agree with that completely i mean you're right anything can happen one misstep i mean fuck i could cramp up when i get out of bed in the morning yeah exactly you exactly. can you can lose a footing or your leg go out when you're trying to fly over the top rope top dollar <laughs> <laughs> the year that you hear they're calling him botch dollar yeah yes <laughs> horrible that was horrible. bad that was real bad that was bad um well, we you know have... mass transit died right yeah 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 not because of the incident yeah, no. Uh, but and uh, New Jack New passed Jack. away recently too. So. Yeah, like a couple of years ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Wonder if he went to heaven. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if he did, he's in a special part of heaven. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's in the he's in the hood side of heaven. <laughs> Do you think heaven has a hood? Oh God. <laughs> Like Lord, I hope so. Like a audio. I hope so. But we ain't gonna make it. Sticks. <laughs> like, like that's I'm funny. Sure there are. That's funny. Anyway, all right. Well, I do have. Uh, we did have one big uh, one topic, but uh, before we go into that, uh, the last one, I kind of want to do some honorable mentions. Sure. So a couple of things that I, I was thinking about. Um, we go back to um, when Hulk Hogan choked out Richard Belsler on live TV. Mm. When he mm. wanted to put him in a chokehold, right? Now, this is often near the time when it was kayfabe was still a thing, right? Um, so he was protecting the business in a sense, right? Right. Like anybody you can, you know, take controversy with the fact that should he have done that, <laughs> you know? Right. Should he have have could, should he be a little more careful, you know? But again, they were protecting the business. That was mm -hmm. they, they were trained to do is protect the business. These old yeah. school wrestlers, you know. Yeah. So uh, there's that one. Uh, we talk about the plane ride from hell. <laughs> you know, uh, we all, for those who are aware of that, go watch Vice TV's uh, mm -hmm. Dark Side of the Ring on that mm -hmm. one. Very, very interesting. Right, right. Uh, you already touched on it a little bit the Bruiser Brody being stabbed to death in Puerto Rico. You know, yeah. Um, what about the death of Miss Elizabeth? That was a big controversy in itself with uh, when she was living with Lex Luger at the time. Yeah, that's very true. That's very you know? true. And her overdose and everything that he went through that's during that true. time. Um, what about the Austin Brian Pillman gun incident on Raw? Ooh, yeah. good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I didn't really realize that uh, USA was on the potential edge of uh, pulling them mm -hmm. completely off the air. Right, right. Time. It took a lot of apologies. Right. From WWE or WWF at the time to keep right. them on the flagship. Right. Um, here's one, and you remember this one, the Billy and Chuck storyline. Oh, yeah. You remember that one? That's a good one. I do. I do remember that you one. You know, they they went pretty far with that, even to the point where they got uh, Glad uh, married involved. or whatever is. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't get married yet. They did have the proposal and everything, but Glad right. was involved, and they was it was supposed to end up with a marriage. Yeah, it was. But supposed I think the to. Godfather came out and talked about you know Billy's Billy was with the hoes in the back and this right, and, that. and that's kind of what what killed it. Yeah, I do so, remember that. Um, I do remember that. 
Uh, yeah. There was the um, RVD got pulled over for marijuana possession while holding the WWE and ECW championships. That's <laughs> that's another good one. Happy birthday Very to him, true. by the way. He just turned, I think, 50-something yesterday. 52. 52. 52 years old. He yeah. still looks good for his age, man. He does. Yeah. He does. Very um, good. There was a, a lot of controversy around Al Snow and the head gimmick because yeah. a lot of people thought it was uh, seen as violence against women. Oh, my God. At the time. What does everybody want? Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> Miggy wants it too. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, there's a, those are a couple of uh, you know, an honorable mentions that I that I was thinking about during that time. I'd like to bring I'd like to bring one up before we get into the big one that we're going to talk about, and, and and this is just a controversy on pro wrestling. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and and there was a post that I put up. Uh, I think it was today. Yeah, yeah, I put it up earlier today. Um, it was a picture of a ring. Oh, the ring, yeah, yeah, right. And and this is and this is uh. Let me just read it for so our 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 listeners can can know what I'm talking about. So basically, it's a picture of a ring without the padding on it. It's just the boards that you see. Um, and it says this is a bare wrestling ring. This is before you see the thin layer of padding and the canvas to make it look good. There's maybe one to three inches of padding. This is what professional wrestlers are taking bumps on. Then it says, independent contractors are treated as badly as circus animals. They don't get paid a whole hell of a lot, but do it for the love and passion of the sport. Maybe it's stupid. Maybe it's not. So we just talked about. So next time you're at a wrestling event, shake the wrestler's hand, say thank you. Most importantly, buy some merchandise from them because truth be told, there isn't much money in independent wrestling. It helps them pay the bills. It helps them get to the next town and helps keep their passion burning. There's a controversy in itself when you talk about the sport of professional wrestling for a company as big as like a WWE, right? And the fact that their wrestlers, performers still get treated like shit even to this day. The double standards, the we, we touched a little bit on it last week, the blatant racism at times. Um, you know, there's just so much that goes on that these wrestlers put up with because of the fact that they have a passion for this sport. They love this sport. So they put up with a lot of bullshit just so that they can do it in front of a large crowd. And, and it really isn't fair. It really isn't. The way that they get treated, the way that they get paid, you know what I mean? Like, it really is not fair. I think it sucks now that you and I have gotten more into the independent wrestling world. We see it firsthand. The love and passion that these guys put into what they do to only perform in front of 10 people, it's a travesty. It really is. And yet they still put in their heart and soul into it. You know what I mean? So that's why we've said it from the beginning. We have mad respect for professional wrestlers, and that's why they will always have a platform on this show because we totally respect and love what they do each and every night, night in, night out. Some of them do it, oh, my God, they'll do it on a Friday night. They'll do it on a Saturday night. They'll do it on a Sunday, traveling hundreds of miles just to get to the next show, you know, for, what, 50 bucks? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's and I get it. You know, we're starting to see a little bit just because we work with NLW, you know, that they're doing the best they can. They've got budgets just like any company would. They have to put a show together. They're trying not to make it past a certain amount of money because they don't make a lot, you yeah. know. So 
in saying that, I just want to let all of you out there know, support your local wrestling scene. Yeah, you may not be watching the, the superstars that are on television, but a lot of times you're going to see the same action. And it's even better because of the fact that you're not having to pay $5,000 to get a front row seat. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to me, that in itself is a controversy. And I think I think we as as wrestling fans really should promote uh, and support the indie scene as much as possible, because these guys really are putting their lives on the line just to entertain us and they deserve our utmost respect you know breach and if you can't respect it if all you can do is criticize and judge then don't fucking come around bottom line you know what i mean but for those of y'all that respect the business like chris and i do i highly recommend you going and checking out your local independent wrestling scene shows because i promise you you will not be disappointed so Say what I gotta say. Why does it seem like every episode I gotta preach, right? I know you're like going <laughs> like a soapbox or something every freaking week. So like what can you. I say, brother? I love the sport, man. Yeah. So Jeez. yes, now let's get into the biggest controversy of the night. And this is a very touchy subject because you're talking about walking a fine line between pro wrestling fan and just a human being, right? Yeah. Um, and what we're talking about is the tragedy that is Chris Benoit. So everybody knows this. We don't even have to say in case you didn't know. I think everybody knows the tragedy that happened with Chris Benoit, him committing suicide, but not before he killed his family. Um, and there, the thing is, is that there's no if ands or buts about this there's, there's a lot of conspiracy theories of course like there always is but the bottom line is the evidence does show chris benoit did this heinous deed uh and did kill his wife and young son there's no way around it it was just one son right yes yeah uh the youngest one yeah seven year old uh, seven years old yeah um if you haven't seen that episode of dark side of the ring you should you should watch it it's uh oof, it's it's so incredibly sad um, but here's where the controversy comes in. For those of you that are true wrestling fans, like Chris and myself, you will know that for a brief moment here, let's put away, let's put aside just for a moment what Chris Benoit did. And if we just talk about his work, just talk about his legacy in the sport of professional wrestling, this man is not just a trailblazer, but I mean, he is just the epitome of what a true workhorse is and or was and is right he is an example that other pro wrestlers should aspire to be the passion the love that he had for this business was evident each and every time he walked through that curtain right and the controversy is simply this that legacy in my opinion and and man this is this is again walking that fine line right but in my opinion that legacy deserves to be honored right it deserves to be recognized but the problem is is there's this big black x on it because of the heinous act that he did now here's what makes it even worse chris and i know you know this already because i would be the first one to sit here and tell you not screw what he did for the for his whole career you know, he committed this atrocious crime. Uh, it was terrible. It was horrible. I'd be the first one to, to say that. I really would. If not for this one proven 
fact. And that's that Chris Benoit was not in his right mind when he committed this. Okay. Yeah. Now there is an argument that can be made, right? That, that the whole thing with the CTE, right? That's, that's what basically was behind this, but the argument can be made that he did the damage to himself. Yes. I, I, I totally agree with that sentiment. He did because of all the years of the professional wrestling business, uh, him doing what he did giving his 110% every time he was in that ring, putting his body on the line. This is definitely damage that he did to himself. Look back in the time when he was, you know, really going at it. Chair shot straight to the head, you know, plus what was his finishing move? Headbutt, the, headbutt. Di the diving headbutt, exactly. So much trauma, and it's proven fact that this is what, what his brain looked like. Uh, I believe, what was it? They said his brain looked like that of an Alzheimer's patient in their 80s or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Right? So if it wasn't for that fact, I'd be the first one to say that he does not deserve to be recognized for what he did, or blah, 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 this and that. But the bottom line is, is that the proof is there that he was not in his right mind. Oh, but he planned this. You know, he, he, he looked up stuff on the Internet. Yes, he did. Working from a sick mind. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, the question is should he be in the hall of fame that's the hard part because there's i'm split because for me there's a part of me that says he should be because of those accolades because of what he's done but the problem is simply this you cannot put him in the hall of fame because he is forever scarred and marred by what he did at the end of his life and that's where the controversy comes in what say you uh well, from a moral human standpoint, again, I'm in complete agreement that he what he did was it's unforgivable. Yeah. You know, I, we talked about, you know, if a New Jack was in heaven, well, I mean, it's a good question there on Chris Benoit as well. Mm -hmm. Um, for what he did, you know, not only like I said his son, but his wife Nancy as well. Um and from what we, we understand from his closest, you know, friends, you know, Chavo Guerrero, Vicky Guerrero, those who knew him personally, there was no identifying marks mentally that he would even be capable of this. Right. You know, they would never have expected this from a man of his caliber. Um, so you're right. I think a lot of this, what he did personally damaged to himself with the drugs, uh, with the the stuff that he did, you know, the roids and all that stuff, it did affect him mentally to the point where he wasn't in the right mind when he right. did this. And I'm not saying that's an excuse at all, um, because despite the fact everything that went down, it was tragic. And yeah, you know, I don't, I wouldn't see him as having a place in heaven at all. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, I agree. That's, that's just my perspective. But you're right. As far as the Hall of Fame, the way I see it is that I wouldn't want to see him in the Hall of Fame, but I also don't want don't think that WWE should discard him and his legacy. Because in reality, a lot of wrestlers today mimic some of his stuff. A lot Very of people true. mimic the crossface, you know. Um his style of wrestling, his snug style of wrestling, his uh his snap suplexes. Man, that man had an incredible snap suplex. He did. You know. Um I don't see too many diving headbutts, but uh, 
you know, but there's a lot of wrestlers. Look at Daniel Bryan. Yeah. You know, Bryan Danielson, rather. He's a big uh, mimic of the style that Chris Benoit was. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. so I think they shouldn't erase him from history. They should I erase agree. what he did. I you agree. Know? And, I, and I, I did this in research just to see what is available on Peacock as far as Chris Benoit. You can't just look up Chris Benoit. Can't just type in the search as Chris Benoit. Right. However, if you go back to some of the things that you know that he was involved in, it's on there. There's no mm. description of him being on there. Right. But it, it, it's still on there. Gotcha. And I'll be honest with you, the most emotional moment in history, one of the most emotional moments in history, wrestling history that I can recall, was the end of WrestleMania 20 when Chris Benoit won the World Heavyweight title and that embrace that he shared with Eddie Guerrero. Right. Who just retained his WWE championship that night. And knowing the story, their real life friendship, where they came from, the struggle they went through when they were in WCW prior to coming WWE, and then being two of the two of the four radicals that really made a mark on WWE, right? You know, and made an impact. I mean, that was a very I cried when that happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I cried when that happened um, because it was a very emotional time, and you know, I was very proud of Chris Benoit for overcoming what he did to get where he was right at that time right so and i think that we we can't disregard the fact that we just said i just said it, you know the eddie guerrero and his friendship when eddie guerrero passed that jacked him up a lot oh yeah you know that messed oh, him yeah. up a lot emotionally and as humans i mean i'm sure i don't know if you could attest this i can test that certain situations most situations in our lives affect the way we treat people oh no affect doubt the way that we handle situations um and he went through a lot and i think that that particular incident enticed his uh usage of drugs uh enticed his uh his vulnerability mentally right you know yeah but i i i'm i'm on that thin line too like i don't think he should be involved in wwe uh hall of fame wise but i think that they should at least acknowledge the fact that he did play a part and you can't really have an aggressive era without Chris Benoit, to be honest with you. I agree. I agree. I think, I think, uh, to me, that would be a fair compromise. Don't put him in the Hall of Fame, but at the same time, don't erase him from history. I'll give you a great example. You mentioned how Daniel Bryan uses a lot of the same style. Do you realize that before, uh, Benoit passed away? That move was called the Crippler Crossface. Yeah. That was the name of the move. They named that move after Chris Benoit. But ever since this happened, it's just called the Crossface. Yeah. You know, I think they should have left it as the Crippler Crossface, in my opinion. You know? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I agree. He should not be erased. You know, and, and I know it's not an apples-to-apples -apples comparison, but I did say it earlier that... You know, there are certain wrestlers that did some terrible things in their own personal lives and still they get the accolades. I mean, Jimmy Superfly Snuka basically was a murderer. Granted, he wasn't tried or convicted for it, but the only reason that was was because they took so long to get that case back to being reopened that when it came time to try him, he was mentally incompetent and right. couldn't complete the trial that's the only reason why but all the evidence from my understanding 
pointed to the fact that he committed this crime and he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, an argument can be made that he doesn't deserve to be there, you know, but again, you know, we don't focus on that. We focus on his, his accomplishments. Now, yes, granted, this is a lot different because what Chris Benoit did, I mean, murder is murder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Someone losing their life is just a tragedy violently like this. Yes, it's tragedy. But when you bring a kid into it in this sense of it, yeah, it it puts a whole new spin on things. So this is going to be one of those uh, situations that will always be marred in controversy. You're going to have people on both sides of the fence. Uh, people like myself that walk that fine line that think his accolades should not be should not go without notice. But you dare don't say it in public for, you know, fear of the backlash, basically. Like, you realize what he did? Like, yeah, I do, you know. Um, but, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of people that do still take after his style, you know. They watch his matches, you know. It's funny we're talking about this because I actually saw a glimpse of him today. I was showing um, Bill the match between Shane McMahon and... and uh, and uh kurt angle at king of the ring in 2001 oh, yeah you know and on that on that pay-per-view it was a triple threat match right after that with stone cold steve austin chris jericho and chris benoit yeah and so i saw a small glimpse of chris benoit they showed him working out before the match and i was just like holy crap he's on he's on peacock <laughs> you know yeah so that's why when you said that i was like oh, okay that explains it you know so yeah definitely controversial for sure um but man, this has been a great, great show. I loved talking about this stuff. And uh, let's not forget what Eric Bischoff says about controversy. It creates cash. Yeah, it does. It creates it does. cash. You know, I mean, let's be honest. That's what's had uh, a lot of people turning on AEW and such nowadays, as as well as WWE controversies that come from there. The MJF controversy that had everybody looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, when Sasha and Naomi ended up leaving, everybody was tuning in seeing what was going to happen there so yeah it, it's well, proven just, just a recent you know we talk about controversy creates cash mandy rose was let go last week and she's on the verge of ending this week before christmas as a self-made millionaire exactly exactly again controversy it yeah. does create cash so Ridiculous. having said that maybe we need to be more controversial <laughs> having said that i'm now going to release on social media the video I have of Chris in a thong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll release a TikTok of you buying it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was so funny, man. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Well, anyway, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we always appreciate the love. We appreciate you coming and checking out all of our episodes. I'm going to go ahead and let you know now, this is the only episode we're doing this week because it is Christmas week. Yes. It is time to be with our families, celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, and also get some cool presents and enjoy the great food and just the great family time we're going to have. At the same time, being extremely careful because we are about to have another freeze. Yes. Um, and, and I got to tell you, honestly, Chris, my wife and I are pretty excited about this because it has not been cold on Christmas for a long time here in our That's part exactly of Texas. exactly what my wife was thinking <laughs> too. And it's supposed to be cold all the way through New Year's. Yeah, and and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Uh, in fact, I've already told my wife that this this uh, New Year's Eve we're gonna spend it uh, eating caldo de res that I'm gonna make here at home and watching Star Wars movies. So it's gonna be nice. a 
a great New Year's Eve. Nice. So, and for those of you up north that listen to our podcast, yes, we know it's probably not going to be the kind of cold that you experience. Mm-hmm. But here in Texas, we don't know how to handle this shit. No, we don't. <laughs> we, we don't have things shut down. We don't have freaking snow tires and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So it, we're, it's going to be cold the next few days, but um, we're 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 like excited, but at the same time cautious because we did have that snow apocalypse a couple of years ago. So yeah, we're, we're just like we're just like don't let it happen again. Don't yeah, let. It I actually just spent I spent the, the the this past weekend fixing my heater. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, because. Uh, well, I've been working on it for a few months now, and I had a brand new thermostat and rewire it, and I was rewiring it all freaking weekend. Oh wow! Uh, finally got someone out here yesterday, and uh, turns out there was a fuse blown. So ah, uh, that was causing the reason that the heater wasn't working. Gotcha. But you got it working so, now. Got it working now. So <laughs> perfect timing, man. Perfect yeah. timing. Well, well guys, the power goes out. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Very. Don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, guys, uh, guys and gals, thank you so much for tuning in. As I said before, we greatly appreciate it. We appreciate all the love that we get online. Um, thank you. And for those of y'all that are actual performers, that are actually wrestlers, we thank you guys for listening all the time. Zeke, I know you were listening out there. We love you, brother. Thank you so much for listening. And our condolences to you on the loss of your loved one. Um, if there's anything we can do here at the podcast, we're here to, we're here for you and uh, the rest of you guys all of you in NLW you know we love you we are the official NLW podcast so we got to show you love each and every week Fito we need to bring Fito. you on the show we need to bring you on the show brother and we need to give some love out to Mr. Haas Holding yes we do uh he did announce uh just yesterday as a matter of fact yes. that he has been uh diagnosed with cancer but god blessed this man is just all about the fight. He said he's not going to let this get him down. He still plans on defending that title. And you got to admire that man's bravery. Um, man, Haas Holding, nothing but love we're sending out to you from us here at the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you are definitely an inspiring individual. So uh, here's, you know, Godspeed with you, sir. We're praying for you and we're believing God is going to do something awesome in your life. And uh just know you're in our prayers so definitely as for the rest of you have a wonderful wonderful christmas uh enjoy time with your family uh much love watch some wrestling you know that's that's the even better thing um there's tons of wrestling action still coming up this week and uh of course you got peacock for those y'all that have wwe network on there just enjoy this time chris Love you, brother. Merry Christmas you to you. Yes. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll see you before the end of the week. I got something for you. Awesome. I still got your Christmas gift here, too. Oh. So, yeah. So, awesome. Come point, right. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, you guys have a great one. And until next week, just remember, as always, we love you. And we will see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Mega Powers Pro Wrestling Podcast. If you'd like to contact the show with your input or questions, email us at megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. That's megapowerswrestling at gmail.com. Also find us on all social media by searching Megapowers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Until next week, we wish you good vibes and Godspeed.